Well, it's good to see y'all here this morning, and looks like we're going to have a really, really pretty day out there here in just a little bit. I know when I got up here early this morning, it's pretty cool in here, and so I turned up some heat, and I'm think, I imagine they probably had to turn it down a little bit, but uh, I went yesterday, and I visited with uh, Pat and Roy Bramble. Uh, she just got out of the hospital. She's home, and they did confirm she had a stroke. But they said it was not, they said, you know, a stroke, any stroke is bad. But this here was more of a milder stroke, and uh, she was feeling really pretty good, had good, great conversation, great visit, good prayer, and uh, a good visit. And uh, so y'all just keep uh, Pat in prayer. It was her left side. And she was having trouble with her hand, picking stuff up. And before we left, she was moving that hand. She was picking things up. So God's touching her. And uh, so I know she's going to be fully healed. That's what we prayed for, a full recovery. And, uh, and I know it's going to happen. So uh, y'all keep them in prayer. Uh, Keep the Georges. That's Jimmy. Used to be the pastor here. He retired, but he passed away, and they're going to have his funeral Tuesday. And uh, so, y'all keep that family in prayer as they bury their husband, their father, and uh, just keep them lifted up. Because you know, we've all been through this, and it's a it's a hard time to lose a loved one. So just that. Touch from God means everything in the world. And so y'all keep the Georges in prayer and their family. So, But uh, today, what I wanted to do, you know, we've been hearing a whole lot. You see it posted a lot. It's 2 Chronicles 7.14. I want to bring that to you today. What are they talking about? What are they saying? And that Second Chronicles 7.14 there, all of you probably know it, but listen to what it says. It says, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves, pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then, then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. Now, you know, God was telling this to King Solomon. They had just built the temple, brand new temple. And uh, King Solomon had been in prayer. They had had a big sacrifice. They had sacrificed something, I think it was something like 23,000 sheep. This was King Solomon. Uh, thousands of uh, books to dedicate them to the Lord to dedicate the temple. And this here was one of the most huge sacrifices that I can read about in the Bible. And God made a visit, and he was talking to Solomon. See, the Israelites had been unfaithful, disobedient, not paying attention to God, worshiping false idols, idols, and uh, going completely against what God's word said. So God was punishing them. 
And now the, the, the people are beginning to realize, hey, we put ourselves in this mess. God told us what we had to do. We had to listen to him. We had to honor him. We had to be faithful to him. He was God and no other God. And these, these, these Israelites realized that their captivity was their own fault. So, during this sacrifice and the dedication of the temple, God came to Solomon, and this is what he told Solomon. If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, I'll return to them. So Solomon's going to tell these people this. And then Solomon's probably going to have to explain what God's talking about. It's really very simple, what God is telling us. And, you know, and the thing about it is, I think God's telling us today this same thing. This same thing. God expects his people who are called by his name. Who are his people called by his name? It's the Christian in our time. He's telling us, hey, you've strayed from me. You've got away from me. You're not as close to me as you used to be. At one time, America was probably the most godliest nation of all nations. Our Constitution was set up on the Word of God. Now they're trying to remove all of it. I can understand if God was getting angry. You look back. The Israelites were His people. He loved them. He chose them. Out among all the people, He chose Israel. Not because they were great and mighty, because they were one of the smallest nations there was. And he was going to prove he was God. Israel was mighty because of God. Israel conquered. They, they, they won wars they shouldn't even have, have got close to winning. It wasn't on their own power. It was in God's power. What did God say? It is not by power, it is not by might, but it is by my spirit, says the Lord. And it's still by his spirit today that we move and have our being. You can't do anything unless it's all right with God. You can't take your next breath. You can't take your next step unless God says it's okay. And here we are living in a nation so blessed and we let these kind of things happen. That's what Israel did. They began to let others tell them what they was going to do, who they was going to worship, how they was going to worship, what they could believe, and what they couldn't believe. They were beginning, Israel was beginning to worship rocks, stones, wooden idols. They was worshiping everything but the God himself, the creator. And now God has put them in a punishment. And they're beginning to wonder, how are we going to get out of this punishment? God loved Israel even as they was going through it. He loves you today 
even though you're going through some things. Though you're doing some things, God still loves you. He's still waiting for us to return to Him, to be that nation that we used to be, to be that godly nation, to put Him above everything. You know, when you put God first, everything else falls in place, doesn't it? It works out when you put God first. God expects us, the Christian, who have dishonored his name by our iniquity, our weakness, we now have to return to God just as Israelites did. We have to honor his name by coming back to him humbled, bowed knees, and have the right heart for him. That's when God's going to take us back. When we come back to God with a humble and right heart. And uh, today the people must humble themselves to God. They must pray to him for the removal. And that's what, that's what Solomon's telling these Israelites. You must return to God. You must pray to him. And you have, pray to him for the removal of his judgment against you. And they must seek his face. What does seeking God's face mean? That's seeking his presence in your life. His very presence. You should be able to feel God, to know he's right there with you. That is one of the greatest feelings there is, not to know, to know that you are not going through something by yourself, but the very mighty, powerful God is right there beside you. He's taking you through things. Like I've said before, I know many of you have been through situations where you know it had to be God that was walking with you, healing you, and bringing you through certain things. You couldn't have come through it without God. We ought to be on our face and on our knees thanking God that he, that he didn't quit loving us. He had every right to quit loving us by all the things we said, did, and the way we acted. We turned from God. The Israelites have turned from God. God put them in, he put them in a captivity. We need and want our life. But we got a forgiving God. Just because we make a mistake, doesn't, you know, when you make a mistake, that doesn't mean that God quits loving you. He don't like your mistake. He don't like the sin that sometimes we commit. But he don't quit loving you. He's waiting for you to come back to him. He's waiting for you to come back to him. It says if we will call upon his name in repentance and come back to him, that he will forgive that sin and he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He's waiting for us to say, Lord, I messed up. And come back to him. And David in the Psalms, he said, and I acknowledged all my wrongdoings. I held nothing back. I confessed everything. Some of us have that little sin that we want to hold on to. We don't want to confess it. God says you've got to confess it. If you'll confess it, trust in me, I will take that sin away and I'll never remember it again against you. Many people think I've committed that one little sin. God will never love me again. I'm doomed. No. God's just simply waiting for you to come and say, Father God, I made a mistake. I messed up. 
I repent of my sins. I want you back in my life. I want you in my heart. I want to serve you. You are my God. I want you back. And God says, come back, my child. Come back. He'll forgive you. You know, that's one thing I like about what God says. There's places in the Bible there. He says, for I will cast your sins as far as the east is from the west, and I'll never remember them again. I'll never bring them up again. He says that he'll cast them into the deepest part of the sea. I think I told you all this once before. Probably the, one of the deepest part of the sea is about eight miles deep. He said, I'll cast your sins in there. I will not remember them anymore. Once you confess that sin and you give it to God, God hides it. He don't see it anymore. He don't dig it up. He don't go out looking for it. He says, it's forgiven. It's gone. You're forgiven. We have to remember that. Because sometimes that's one of the hardest things to do is forgive yourself. Because like I said before, you have an enemy out there that's going to remind you every time he gets that opportunity that, you, that you're a sinner. How could God love you? You're a sinner. Once you confess that sin, God doesn't see that sin anymore. You're not a sinner. You're righteous in his sight. When Jesus came, and died on that cross. He took our sins and gave us his righteousness. You have the righteousness of Christ. That's what God sees. He's not looking for that sin. He's looking for the righteousness of his son because you've accepted him. No, the Israelites made a lot of mistakes. We've made a lot of mistakes. But you know, we can come, ask forgiveness, but even all of this is not going to be enough unless we truly return from our wicked ways. You can confess sin and then keep right on doing it. No. Once you confess that sin, get rid of it because God's going to take it away. Let him have it. Let him cast it away. Let him bury it. But when we come to him, if we will humble ourselves and turn from, and come to him in, in, in true submission, then God's mercy and favor will return to you. His mercy and favor will return back to you. That mercy and favor that you once had in your life, and you knew you had it, it will come back. He'll bring it back to you. He'll give it back to you. You know, we talk about humble ourselves. There was one other place in the Bible, in Leviticus, where the Israelites run into almost the same thing, where they had to come back to God and humble themselves. Here in Leviticus 26, 41, this is, this is a kind of a context like what we just read. It says, And I also have walked contrary of them, of the Israelites. He had to walk against them, turn his back on them, God had to punish his people for their disobedience. And then he says, I have brought them into the land of their enemies. In other words, God himself put them into captivity to teach them. And it says, if then their uncircumcised hearts be humbled and they accept the punishment of their iniquity, they had to accept in their hearts 
They were wrong. They made a mistake. They deserved what God was doing. And then repent and come back to God. God is waiting for our repentance. Waiting for our repentance. Repent means to turn around, to go in a different direction of what you're going right now. To turn around, come back to God. And uh, God tells us again, like I said, we must humble ourselves. What is he saying? He said, we must bow before him, truly, with our heart, confess our sins that we've committed against him. And then, renew our commitment to him. When you first came to Christ, you made a commitment, didn't you? You made the commitment to believe that Christ was the true and only Son of God, that tried, that Christ died for your sins, that now those sins are no longer yours, they're gone, because Christ already took them. He took them on the cross. That's why he went to the cross. He said when he was on the cross, God took the sins of the world and poured them out on his Son. And that's what Jesus was asking Whenever he was saying, Lord, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me, and when he was in the garden, he wasn't praying not to go to the cross. He wasn't praying not to die for your sins. He was praying, God, if it be your will, please don't turn your face from me. That had never happened. God had never turned his face from Jesus. But on that cross... When they poured all the sins, our sins, out on Christ, God had to turn his face away from his own son as his son died. Because why? Because God cannot look upon sin. He couldn't even look upon his own son. With all of he was bearing the world's sins. And that's what God could see. But that moment his son died, those sins died with him. Your sins died. With Christ. You don't have sin anymore. Christ took them. He got rid of them. You're free. Free. We find in our world today, especially men, some women, it is so hard. Well, I'm for any man. I'm not going to humble myself. I'm a man. I'll tell you what, best thing you can do is fall on your knees right before God and say, God, I am so sorry. To humble yourself is to get rid of all pride in your life. God hates pride. Pride separates you from God. Because when you've got full pride, you say, I don't need anybody. I can do it myself. I'm a big boy. I can handle it. God says, no, you can't. You can't handle your sins. But I can. I can take them away. I've done it once, and I can do it again. My son's blood is just as strong today as it was that first drop, drop from that cross. It has not gotten weak. It has not weakened. It is just as strong today as it ever was. You know, 
They said Jesus was probably one of the most humble men there ever was. There's a, there's a scripture here where Jesus humbled himself. Look at Philippians chapter 2, verse 8 through 11. And it says, And being found in the form of a man, this was Jesus when he come back, put on the flesh, Jesus humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even to the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also highly exalted him and has given him the name which is above every name. At that name of Jesus, every knee will bow. You will bow. You will humble yourself. Of things in heaven, of things on earth, and of things under the earth. And that every tongue Every time, even Satan himself is going to confess, Jesus, you are Lord. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and to the glory of God the Father. Jesus humbled himself. And look, when he humbled himself, what God did. Jesus became more powerful than he had ever been. God tells us then, after you've humbled yourself, you must pray. You must, you must come to me. We as God's people must come to him, cry out to him in prayer for his mercy and his forgiveness. Our prayers must be sincere. They must be from the heart. You must mean it. You can't just be saying words. Well, I'll just tell God to forgive me and I love him and that'll do it. No. You come to God. You're sincere in your heart. You truly want him to remove your sin. You want him to forgive you. You're truly sorry for what your life has had to happen in your life. We must truly desire for God to receive you. You must truly want God to take you back, to be your father, to be your God. When you pray, that's what God wants. That's what he's looking for. He says he does not look upon the outer, outer man. He looks upon the inner man, the heart. And he says we must seek his face or we must seek the presence of God in our life. We must turn back, repent to God with our whole heart and desire for his presence to be back in our life. To regain our fellowship and our closeness that we once had. I'll tell you what, I know there's people in here right now because I know you. At one time, you were so close to God. People knew you were close to God. They knew you were a godly person. But somehow, somehow, through the things of the world, we move a little away from God. We're not as close as we used to be. We don't call upon him like we used to. Our faith is not as strong as it once was. See, this is what God wants back. He wants us back from us, his people, because he loves us so much. He wants to return the love you have for him back to you. He wants to bless you. 
He wants to forgive you. He wants you back as his children. He wants that closeness that we once had with him as father and as child. Here in Psalms 27, 8, this psalmist is speaking. He is saying, Lord, when you said, seek my face, my heart said unto you, my heart said unto you, Lord, <clears throat> your face, Lord, I will seek. Let me ask you a question, you husbands and wives. When you're with your wife and you get real close to her, you may have your hand upon her face. You may be right next to her. That's what God wants from you. He wants that intimacy. Just like you and your wife. He wants that love, just like you and your wife. He wants you to seek Him, to want Him like you want your wife. He wants that love that you have for your wife. That's intimacy. That's what God is wanting. He's wanting us to love Him with everything that's inside of you. There's nobody to take His place. He is the love of your life. That's what God wants from us. Then God says we must turn from our wicked ways. I think probably we've all got some wicked ways about us. We're to ask for forgiveness for all our sins, for all forms of idolatry in our life that is built up over the years and during our lives, and to draw closer and nearer to God so that we can receive back His mercy and His forgiveness. We need Him to cleanse our hearts. We need God to cleanse our hearts. They say the heart is really one of the most evil parts of a man. What gets into his heart and then what comes out of that heart. What comes out of the heart is not always good. What comes out of the heart can be evil. What comes out of the heart sometimes is what you're really thinking. God wants a pure and clean heart. He wants that pure and clean heart that He put in you. Yes, we'd ask God for forgiveness of all our sins, all forms of idolatry in our life. You know, most people say, well, I don't have idols. If you've got something that you treasure and want more than God, that's an idol. I don't care what it is. If you want it more than God, it's an idol. It's something that you're worshiping over God. You're putting before God. Here in Isaiah 6.10, it said that God will make the heart of the people, us, fat. Or other words, we become lazy in our worship and the way he wants us to worship him and the way he wants us to love him. It says, and I'll make their ears heavy and I'll shut their eyes unless 
They see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and understand with their heart. We have to hear the Word of God. Understand that Word. Get that Word in our heart. We have to see with those eyes, see the things that God's doing in our lives, being around us, seeing His love, seeing what He's done in our life. Every one of us can look back and see how God has changed our lives, how He has made us a different person. There's some of us in here that was not good people when we were growing up and when we were younger. We made a lot of mistakes, but God took care of that. He took those mistakes, got rid of them, and gave you a heart for Him. This is telling us that if we would do all these things we talked about, if we'll humble ourselves, pray, seek His face, and turn from our wicked ways, God see us. What do you say? Then I will hear from heaven. I'll hear from heaven. In other words, I will hear your prayers. God's sitting in heaven right now and He's strong. He said, and I will hear from heaven. I'll hear your prayer. I'll hear what you said. And until we ask God to forgive our sins, He don't hear our prayers. We're on our own. God will first forgive their sin. He said, that's the first thing. I will forgive the sins. I'll forgive your sins which brought my judgment upon you. And then, he says, I will heal their land. He said, I will make their land fertile and good again. Good for crops, good for growth. Good to take care of your families. In other words, he's going to give you a better job. He's going to give you better income so that you can better take care of your families. And then he says, Then I will hear your prayers. Then, after all this, then, when you do these things, then I will hear your prayers. So God is not hearing our prayers until we get these other things done. I want to ask you a question. Did you notice when we first started, did you notice we started with a great big if? What does it say? If, if my people who are called by my name will help. If God is a conditional God. He said, if you do these things I told you to do, then I will complete every promise I just made you. I will heal your land. I will hear your prayers. I will forgive you. I will bring you back if you repent of your sins and come back to me. If. See, well, there's things we have to do for God to do the things he says he'll do. That's what he's saying right here. First of all, we are going to have to change. We're going to have to repent. We are going to have to humble ourselves. We are going to have to pray. We are going to have to seek his face. We are going to have to turn from our wicked ways. God says, when you do this, I will then heal your land 
I will then hear your prayers. If you want your prayers heard, we're going to have to do these other things first. The people must first repent. That's us too. Must first repent, turn from our wicked ways, and then and only then will God hear and answer your prayers. He said, I love you. But there's things you're going to have to do. And he told us what they are. We all need, listen to this next scripture that I'm through. 2 Chronicles 7.15 I told you that they had just built the brand new temple. And God says, I will receive this place. I, this will be my house. He took it from Solomon. Solomon built that temple. Just knowing Solomon and his money, it probably was the most beautiful and gorgeous temple there ever was. It says, okay, now that I've spoke to you and told you what you must do. Now that you have done what I have asked you to, my eyes shall be open. I'm seeing you. I'm watching you. I see what you need. My ears are listening unto your prayers. Now he's hearing your prayers. He's listening to your prayers. He wants to answer your prayers. He wants to bless you. He wants his favor to come upon you. He said, and I am listening to the prayers that are made in this place. You've come into my temple. You've come into my house. We could even use this little church right here. You have come into my house. If you will do these things I have told you, you must do in order to come back to me, to be forgiven, to have your prayers answered, humble yourself, pray, Seek my face and turn from your wicked ways. That is the first thing that we as God's people must do to return to God. And then he said, I will return to you. He says, my prayers in this place, he says, I am listening to the prayers made in this place. If you're here today and you need to speak to God, he said, God, Today, some things were said that I hadn't thought about. Some things I know that were there, but I've neglected. Lord, I need to come back to you. I need to pray to you. Lord, I know there's things in me that, that needs to be forgiven. I know I've made mistakes. But Lord, I want to think, get things right between you and me. I don't want to keep walking through this life and you're not hearing my prayers, that you don't notice me, that I'm not in your favor, that I'm not being blessed. God wants to bless each and every one of us. But we have to allow him to do it. How do we allow him to do it? Putting our faith and trust in him, asking for forgiveness when we mess up. And we all mess up. Every single one of us will mess up. Y'all not going to believe this, but even my wife makes mistakes. I'm a witness. But he's forgiver. 
tells her to watch me. Remind me when I mess up. She does. That's what wives do because they love you. You know, I think back, and I think one of the best things that I ever heard was there was his father. He had never accepted Jesus Christ. He had a little daughter. She had accepted Jesus Christ. She believed in Jesus. She went to church with her mother. One day that little girl come to her daddy said, Daddy, are you going to ever accept Christ? She said, I hope you do because I want you in heaven with me when I go. He said that father fell to his knees crying like he had never cried before. Tears going everywhere because that little daughter said, Daddy, I always want you with me. See, it's like God. Always wants us with him. He's our father. He loves us. We're his children. That's his greatest desire is for us to say, Father, forgive me, for I want to be with you when my time comes. If you're here today and you've never accepted Christ, maybe you need to come back to Christ. Today's the day to do it. I've told you what God wants and what he expects. Can you humble yourselves? Can you pray? Can you turn from your wicked ways? Can you ask God to forgive you? That's what he's asking you to do. He said, I will forgive you. I will. I'm going to ask the band to come up. And if you're here today, and you just need to maybe renew a fellowship with God, Say, Lord, I've been away from you. I had not been as close as I want to be. Lord, I'm going to ask you to bring me back where I used to be. Make me that man that I once was, that worshiped you, loved you, served you. But, Lord, I've kind of slipped a little. I'm not where I need to be. I'm talking about you women, too. It's time. When I got to reading and studying on this, do y'all realize I had a tough time putting that together? Why? The devil didn't want me to. The devil didn't want me to tell you about God's love. The devil didn't want me to tell you about what you had to do to come back to God. The devil wants you to stay right where you are. Because you're serving him more so than serving God. I sat there and I rebuked Satan. I said, Satan, I know this is what God wants me to bring because you're trying to stop me. So if you're here today, don't let the devil stop you from coming and asking God to come back into your life like he used to be. Every one of us in here, that one time God was very, very close. Like I said, I know a lot of you. I know where you were at one time. I kind of know where some of you are now. So does God. He says, it's time to come home.
it's time to come home. So if you need to come home, the altars are down here. I'm going to be down front. If you, just, if you need prayer, if you're going through something, you just want to pray, I'll anoint you with oil, pray over you. If you, want to, if you just want to pray, I'll pray with you. If you just want to come and just have that time with God, please come up here to these altars today and take that time with God.